coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts, we are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, as always, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. Matt, it's been a minute since we talked. Uh, we always got to wait a week, but... Uh, another another week, n- more news about the NFL. I think everybody's cautiously optimistic, some more than others, about an NFL season. Uh, some not so much, as McDowell shakes his head no. Uh, what do you think? We're going to have some football? At least they're reporting, right? I think we're going to try. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to go, yeah, but I think try. we're definitely going to try. So give it, give it the college try, but of course there's no college. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all we can ask for at this point, right? So uh, I'm I'm going to stay hopeful and optimistic, and uh, and you know I'm going to just pretend it's going to happen until it's not going to happen. Yeah, let's do that, Ryan. Let's bring you in. You were shaking your head. Uh, you're not quite so optimistic, huh? Yeah, I just I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Okay, hopeful. Let's just keep it at hopeful. Uh, For those of you that don't know, the three of us got together along with a few others to talk commissioner stuff on the Commission Impossible podcast that Ryan and Scott Fish uh, host regularly. Um, We had a really good conversation over there, so if you want to talk or listen, I guess into the the minds of some commissioners out there how we're all handling COVID-19 I highly recommend going out going out and checking out that podcast it was a lot of fun to record I got a lot of good information and uh, I think a lot of a lot of you dynasty owners and commissioners out there will do the same if you've been following along with us over the last month or so we've been doing this dynasty rookie draft do-over series and we've worked our way to 2017 if you think back to that draft, that's the that's the Mitchell Trubisky draft where he was drafted high, of course. Uh, there, there were a lot of other good players drafted in that one as well. We're going to get to all of those, but follow along. Uh, go ahead and pull up that draft order and see if we mess anything up. If we do, uh, let us know on Twitter. Matt, you drew the number one pick in this draft, so let's get right to it. Again, we're doing super flex like we have in all of these, and uh, yeah, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, last week uh, I was very excited. I think I even requested the number one pick, and I had forgot that it was super flex, so despite my hashtag brand, I am not going to take a certain player that I, I have a lot of love for. Uh, I have, I feel like at the 101, like there's only one pick here, and of course that's Patrick Mahomes, and there's not really... Uh, any anything else to really say about that? He's 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 the one hundred and one in Superflex. Ryan, I'll give you the first chance to comment on that. <laughs> well, I think I think it's at least a conversation, at least close. And and I'll actually say I had my home second on my list, so that's that's how Ooh. close I think it is. Uh, I've also drafted uh, a, a certain running back ahead of uh, Patrick Mahomes and and all other quarterbacks in an actual Superflex startup draft this year. So maybe. Uh, I don't know if that makes me qualified or, or disqualified to answer that. But um, like I said, I, I think they're close. Um, of course, we've gotten three strong years of production from Christian McCaffrey, top 10 running back in all three years, the the back-to-back RB1 uh, in 2018, 2019. Uh, and we, we know Mahomes basically did nothing as a rookie. And, and I just – you know, Dan, you and I were talking before we started that it, it's kind of tough with this uh, as, as we get closer to uh, basically the current year. 
our, our premise originally was to consider what do we know so far. And when we started in 2014, we had uh, we had a handful of years to consider and and it was easy, especially some of those players back from that draft class aren't even in the league anymore. So it was it was easy just to look at what they have done in their career and consider only that. But uh, the majority of these players uh, not only are still around, but have plenty of years ahead of them. So as we're drafting today, we have to take what we've seen over these past three years, but I think we also have to consider um, their future so that it's almost impossible not to factor that in. So that, that would probably give the nod to Mahomes thinking he has, I mean, he's, he just signed a 10-year contract, right? He has, he has 8, 10, 12 years left in the league at least, while McCaffrey maybe has two or three more as, as that real viable fantasy asset. And that was really the, the thinking there. Obviously, if, you, uh, if you're only looking, at, looking backwards, you know, Christian McCaffrey offered an advantage, especially last season. You know, he he was two players in one basically. If you had him in his lineup, and I think that is going to continue for another year or two. But like you said, uh, just the the nature of the running back position, and I'm on record as saying I do think McCaffrey is going to be a, is a little bit different breed than these other guys. Even when he tails off, he's still going to be fantasy relevant. Uh, I mean, I would I would say into his late twenties easily personally. Um, but just based on the position and the format, I, I feel like I could not get get away from Mahomes here. Yeah, I had Mahomes edging out CMC just barely as well. And I, I actually spent more time than I probably should have deciding because I <laughs> held the second pick. And it, it's pretty easy for me. Just take the guy that is left. The The thing that really kind of interests me the most as we're, we've gone along in this process, fellas, is thinking back to these years, each one of those drafts, and, and remembering back to where these guys were taken – if if we can flash back to three and a half, three years ago, three and a half years ago, and Patrick Mahomes when he was picked, Alex Smith was in in uh, Kansas City, of course, and and they had a good thing going with the Chiefs, and there was a little bit of hesitation. Patrick Mahomes, even in these superflex drafts, there was an unknown with him as well, coming coming out of you know maybe not the biggest school or the biggest program. And he slid in some of these super flex drafts. And now being a clear top two pick, uh, along with Christian McCaffrey, who was regularly picked in the top five, uh, our ADP shows him at number four overall. It's just it's just a lot of fun to think about how, how these players have changed values. And some of the guys that we'll get to later have gone the other way, of course, as well. I am going to take McCaffrey at two. It's pretty pretty easy uh those big finishes and you know even we think back to his rookie season Matt when you were such a big fan of him coming out and then what he did as a rookie he was he was a running back one even as a rookie and and obviously the number one overall player in fantasy the last couple of years I like what you said there Matt that that he has he projects forward as potentially a player that could stick around in that top five a little longer than a lot of the other running backs that we see because of that skill set and his ability to work all over the football field in PPR leagues, which is what we're we're kind of playing with here. There is a good case for Christian McCaffrey to be that number one player to get him at two feels pretty good. So it goes Mahomes at one and, and McCaffrey at two. I mean, look what Joe Brady did with with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Come on. <laughs> I mean, people are projecting the, the, the end, not maybe not the end of Christian McCaffrey, but like maybe not the same usage as in the past. And maybe from a, from a carry standpoint, I, I guess that's possible, but I don't, I, I think Joe Brady is going to have a field day with, with him. You're saying Christian McCaffrey is the next Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that. What if he catches 120 this year? Oh, 100, okay. I mean, wait, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, what if he catches more, more balls Matt, than any if you wide really receiver believe this year. That, if you really believe that, how is Mahomes the one on one? Because it's super flex, man. That's I, I've gone to that, man. I, in super flex, I used to be the guy that was drafting, you know, three committee guys, low, low end quarterback ones. But I, I don't know. There's something about having him or Lamar Jackson this year that, or, or even another guy that we're going to talk about later, like that just feels so warm and fuzzy in a super flex league, you know, <laughs> <laughs> warm and fuzzy. Indeed. Ryan, you have a couple picks at three and four. I think there's a clear third guy and then maybe it gets a little more murky. 
I agree. That's how I had it. I had the top two, McCaffrey and Mahomes, in a tier of their own, of course. No surprise there. I think the the first player I'll draft here at three overall is also in a tier of his own, uh, and then it it, it kind of opens up. Um, So with the third pick, I'll take Deshaun Watson, uh, again, mostly due to that super flex format. Um, Got off to a, a little bit of a slow start in his career. Uh, but really came on late in his rookie season. He's been a top five uh, fantasy scorer the past two years. And, uh, of course, facing some uh, adversity, I guess we could say, now with DeAndre Hopkins gone. So we'll we'll see uh, ultimately what that looks like. But I think with that, um, just just his athleticism and uh, the, the collection of wide receivers he has now versus the one superstar, uh, I still think he's, you know, he's, he's certainly a, a – strong option moving forward and based on what he's done so far earns this third pick um with the fourth pick a little tougher like dan kind of like you said and um from from probably four to ten or twelve i don't see much difference between these guys Uh, a couple weeks ago i i passed up one of my favorites you guys were surprised i did not draft amari cooper so i'm not going to repeat that i'm going to take my guy juju smith schuster here um started out his career at wide receiver 20 wide receiver eight in his first two seasons uh before the disaster that was uh last year with the injury to to ben roethlisberger and, and just the terrible offense that the that the Steelers dealt with so kind of wiping last year off the board and I mean considering his age what he has done so far um, and then just comparing the wide receiver position to uh, to all the running backs that are available and giving the slight edge to wide receiver um, mostly because of, of the future years um, you know Juju again kind of kind of similar to what or to uh, Mahomes has you know, eight, eight years left in the league, maybe, maybe even more. Um, so just that, that valuable asset moving forward. I got to be honest with you, Ryan. I I didn't have Juju at four. I didn't have him five. I didn't even have him six. I, I had him down at seven. So maybe that paints a clear picture of how, how our differentiating opinions of some of these players. And I'm sure some of our listeners as well might have i'm sure there's some people out there saying really super flex you got to take deshaun watson even at two over christian mccaffrey or or screaming at their radios right now or their phones saying really juju smith schuster at four uh i hope i'm not i'm not making one of those mistakes at number five as i'm on the clock i'm gonna take alvin kamara and i i thought he was the a relatively clear fourth guy. I, I I agree with you, Ryan. There was a tier of two at the top, then Deshaun Watson at three by himself. And then I think there's a group of a few players, a handful of players really that could be the fourth guy. But I think it's, it's Kamara by at least a little bit. Um, really took the league by storm as a rookie, finished as the running back three, followed that up in his second season as the running back four. And then even in a season where a lot of dynasty owners out there were disappointed in him last season, which included an injury, a stretch where he wasn't on the field, he still finished as the running back nine, uh, three consecutive consecutive running back one seasons and you know really projecting him going forward still looked at as one of those top five type guys at his position I don't think anybody would be shocked if he if he finished as a top three guy at running back in 2020 beyond that is maybe a little bit of question mark depending on what happens with Drew Brees and how that offense kind of works moving forward I really I you know, as we could say with any of these guys in the top, probably 10 in this draft, I'd, I'd love having him on my roster. I, I love Elvin Kamara and he, he, uh, he fits in on any dynasty roster. Yeah. He was a clear four for me as well. Uh, Ryan, I love Juju too. In fact, I probably would have taken him here if he had fell, fallen just to twist the knife a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Kamara still gets it too, just because again, because of the, again, the depth of the wide receiver class, not necessarily this class, uh, but in general, uh, the depth of the class compared uh, the position compared to, to running backs. 
Ryan, you just can't win. You, can, you, you, you pass on your guy, and you, and you get shade cast upon you. You take your guy, and you catch a little yeah, flat. No, too. no, it's it's fair criticism. I mean, I when making my list, I actually wrote down the name Alvin Kamara before scratching it out and, and going with Juju. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, this, that's definitely not a case against Kamara uh, with his – uh, his resume is as far as three top 10 seasons. I mean, he's, he's been valued in that uh, big four running back group now for a, a couple of years, basically locked in as a, as a top five or six dynasty startup pick. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to get your guys. Good advice for sure. Matt, you're on the clock for a couple here at the sixth and seventh picks. Yeah, this is uh you guys left me the, really two pretty clear choices here i think uh it doesn't matter what order i take them in so i'm gonna take did you have something to say ryan no i'm just i disagree i, I disagree as really? well uh, yeah I, not clear at all really i'm so glad i'm third once I'm, again because i uh, i feel like i'm missing three someone just take who's left oh my I'm, gosh, I'm on the edge of my like seat I'm waiting to something. see who you're going to take because <laughs> i can't wait it is not clear for me but let's let's hear it Oh man, now I need to like read. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to make, He's feel like I'm shape. about to make an ass of myself. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> an ass of myself. I'm going to say it again because that's what I feel like. But no, it's I'm going to I'm going to stick with the two I I selected. Uh the first pick here is Chris Godwin. Um and uh you know, th- we know the story with him. Uh, he was involved as a rookie. Uh, didn't really start any games, didn't really start any games the second year either, uh, but kind of came on and was the, the the dynasty darling, so to speak, entering the 2019 season. And he came through with a, with a huge season, you know, in many people's eyes, not necessarily mine. Uh, he has overtaken Mike Evans. And uh, people think he's a better fit with Tom Brady going forward, so he has that uh, that, that as well. I'm not I'm not necessarily sure about that. If, if he's going to occupy a lot of the slot, then I don't really know how that works out with Gronkowski and, and OJ Howard if they're going to be running 12 personnel. Um, so I am a little bit worried. Maybe not wor- worried is too strong, maybe, but I am a little bit concerned that he is going to you know have some sort of dip both in production and value for the 2020 season. Um, but still seems like a pretty obvious choice here. Uh, the next one for me, oh, this one feels like it's going to hurt if I'm wrong. Apparently I missed somebody, but I'm, I have, I feel like I have to take, uh, I feel like I have to take Dalvin cook. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you guys are breathing a sigh that you didn't have to take him. Obviously we know the story with him and, uh, injury history played only four games his rookie season, uh, only 11 games in his, in his, in his sophomore season. And then finally put together, not even a full season, 14 games, right. But really kind of broke out, uh, in 2019 under that Stefanski and, and, and really the, uh, the Kubiak offense, if we're being, being honest with ourselves, uh, and as long as he's healthy, uh, it, it seems like it's all systems go for this guy, which, you know, again, health, a huge concern, but, um, at this point in the draft, it, I, I liked him better over the other running back option. Uh, so uh, take me to task here, guys. You you got one right. <laughs> um, oh man, <laughs> I, I had Godwin on my list. Um, Cook was further down for me. I had you took him at seven. That's fair. I had him at nine overall. Whether if you want to judge it, again we've talked about the different perspectives. If you just want to look at at the history at what he's done so far, you mentioned the injuries. Uh, honestly, the production is is just really. It's it's really not there. I know he did have that that breakout season. Overall, he's the seventeenth uh, highest scorer in this class. Uh, hasn't played a full season yet. Um, and, and now, when you're considering the future, whether you're worried about that injury history, whether you're worried about um, a holdout, I don't think that's really a valid concern. But but it's out there at least. I don't see him at seven. I think there's at least a couple guys I, ahead of him, and 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 maybe seven versus nine is is kind of nitpicking a little bit, but that's that's where I am on him. It might be because this group is so good, and there are so many big names in it. I agree with you. I had him at nine, and what I did, I wrote the first six names, not in that order, just like we had them though. Those those six players. Then I wrote two more players. Then I wrote Cook's name, and then I went and drew an arrow on my swapping the guy who's at seven to eight and eight, and then I scribbled that out, and then I, I'm like, oh, it's not going to matter. I'm at eight. I'll just take whoever's left, and now both of those guys are still on the clock on the board for me. Oh, I got to take George Kittle, guys. I'm yeah. at eight. 
there's there's another really good player here, and I thought that was the guy I was going to get. I'm sure Ryan's going to get him and another good player. But Kittle, after a rookie season, which if you, if you just look at his rank, he was the tight end 19 as a rookie. Some some may say, ah, oh, he didn't contribute that much, but the the expectations were not tight end 19 as a rookie. And, and he came on and made those splash plays and became a player that we were excited to have. And then after that has really taken off two top three finishes at the position. I think most of us as dynasty owners consider him an elite asset at the position. Many of us already are taking him over uh, Travis Kelsey in leagues because of the age differential and just his athleticism and how he profiles going forward being being one of those uh, like like real real changers at at a onesie position. Uh, George Kittle feels like the right guy here at eight, although there's one more guy that that could have could have fit in here as well. I have something to say after Ryan makes his next pick. <laughs> All right. I, I had Kittle next on my list. <laughs> I actually had him sixth overall on my list, uh, mostly due to a lot of uh, a lot of what you said there, Dan. Um, I think that puts me on the clock at nine overall. And I'm going to take the guy I had ranked eighth overall. I had him slightly ahead of Dalvin Cook. I'll take Joe Mixon. Uh, I think the, the stories are pretty similar in, in that uh, I think his dynasty value is – does not necessarily align with his production. I don't think we've really seen, we've seen solid production from Joe Mixon, but I don't feel like we've seen that real breakout. Uh, In fact, Cook had it last year. Uh, I don't feel like Mixon's really given us that yet. His his fantasy finishes have been solid. Uh, RB10, his second year, RB13 uh, this past year. But I really, I really want to see one of those Dalvin Cook type years from Joe Mixon. Maybe that happens this year with, uh, with upgraded quarterback play and and a, a slew of wide receivers to to kind of take the attention away from him a little bit, but uh, it'll be Joe Mixon at nine overall. I like that pick. I, I struggled there between Kittle and Mixon, and I agree that I would have taken Mixon over Cook slightly. Um, additionally to what you said, Ryan, and, and this goes back to what we talked about of projecting these guys going forward. That offensive line should be improved as well. Uh, and that that looks so good for Joe Mixon, a guy that I think talent wise, pure talent wise, ranks along with the best in the league, and, and those are those top three that all of us as dynasty owners talk about. This is what I have to say about these two picks, and they were certainly in the range of Cook, but in a startup draft, I just don't feel like you're ever taking a tight end over either of these running backs like that's not going to happen I know that's not necessarily the exercise here uh and since August of 2019 that was the last time that Joe Mixon had a higher ADP than Dalvin Cook so and again I know these are not the exercises but I just don't feel like you know based on some of these 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 data points that Dalvin Cook's a bad pick. I mean, I think it's fine. No, it's not. We're, we're I just, not saying that at all. I, I, I just, like, I don't see any of you. Maybe you're going to take Mixon over Cook at that spot, but I don't think either of you are taking Kittle over, over Cook uh, in a startup draft at that particular pick. In the middle of the first round, are you taking George Kittle? I just don't see it. No, but I'm not taking Joe Mixon or Dalvin Cook either. Uh, I do think that's a good point, and I do think uh, – whether it's current ADP or, or re, you know, historical ADP, I, I do think that's worth considering. And uh, the the way you presented it there makes uh, makes a lot of sense. I think I have one more uh, ten overall. I believe um, probably the end of a tier there with uh, with Mixon. So moving from nine to ten, maybe we're dropping down a tier. It's it's pretty close for me. And I look at the next few guys on my list. There, uh, they're kind of jumbled together i'm going to take kenny galladay uh was was i wouldn't say off the radar but he he was more of a sleeper um in this class even though he was a third rounder in the nfl draft uh our adp data has him as a a late third early fourth rounder in in dynasty rookie drafts we talked about uh, i think that was last week we talked about how dak prescott and and um Tyreek Hill had kind of changed the way we draft and the way we look at these players. I just, I don't know. I mean, third round, third round uh, receivers, I guess that's still happening today, right? I mean, Devin Duvernay is probably falling in that range. Maybe 
maybe three or four years from now, we're looking at him as, as a, a top 15 wide receiver. I don't know, but, um, it really, really just surprised to see him fall to that third, fourth round range of, of rookie picks back in 2017. Uh, Galladay has produced, especially the past two years, wide receiver 22 and then wide receiver nine this past year. Uh, obviously the, the top option on his team, and that probably won't change anytime soon. I like what you said there, Ryan, about these these players in this next tier. I think it's a relatively big group again, and and I had Galladay right there at ten as well, followed by another wide receiver, and and there are a couple running backs worth considering here, I believe, but because of the position and how we expect them to stick around quite a bit longer than than any running back, and maybe especially one or two of the running backs considered in this class, I think that does bump up a guy like Galladay at 10. And then my choice at 11 uh, is Cooper Cup. And while, while maybe he wasn't seen as, as that big name as well coming out, he's produced uh, a high-end wide receiver three season in his first season. Of course, season two was marred by that injury that, that slowed his production down. And then last year came back with a huge start to the season finished as the wide receiver four in PPR leagues. Cooper cup, although there are questions marks about him going forward and how they're going to use him in that offense. If he'll get to work in the slot as much as we all as dynasty owners hope he'll get to work. I think there is still top to, Top 10 wide receiver upside with Cooper Cup, and uh, he belongs at the end of the first round in these uh, rookie draft do-overs that we're doing. Matt, I'm not sure if I got your guy, because Cooper Cup is one of your guys. Who would you have taken at 11? Yeah, that was a dagger through the heart, Dan. Thanks for that. (laughs) I didn't get Christian McCaffrey or Cooper Cup. we We need to start over. (laughs) <laughs> well we'll get a chance at another do-over in 2021 <laughs> uh i guess i'm on the pick on the clock for two picks here and i feel like we're going to play chicken with one of these one guy and i in particular and i am not going to take him here um <laughs> uh i'm gonna take Ooh, this is i mean it doesn't really matter what order so i'll just say i've got it since i didn't get those first two quote-unquote my guys i've got to take another quote-unquote my guy and that's Evan Ingram you know at the time I remember in this class it was such hotly debated like this is a this is one of the best tight end classes we've ever seen and you know it still might be Uh, Evan Ingram obviously has suffered through injuries but in that rookie season when Odell Beckham was out like he really filled in and showed as long as he's healthy and is going to be the primary target uh, in an offense then he's going to be an elite asset i think and that that potential is still there the injury is obviously concerned there, there is a little voice in the back of my head saying that this is the next jordan reed uh but we hope that does not materialize um and even on today and on today's giants with with sladen and golden tate and uh, uh sterling shepherd i still feel like he is i feel i feel like this this is an this is the player that this offense should be run through so hopefully he stays healthy um, and then my next pick, uh, this is a bit of a tough one. I think this is where Matt. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, Matt. I like that pick. Evan Ingram was the next guy on my list as well. Before you get to the second round, Matt, I want to talk about our friends over at monkeyknifefight.com. Look guys, this is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports on the planet and Mikey Knife Fight is giving you free money and free dynasty content with your initial deposit right now. Are you guys ready to rumble? Open a new account with a minimum of a $10 deposit at Monkey Knife Fight and you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good if you're already a DLF member and you want to extend that membership for another year so you can dominate on on the Dynasty end. You can dominate over at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. They're also going to match your initial deposit, doubling your total bankroll up to $50. So throw $50 in there, you're going to get $100. They feature football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, so much more over at Monkey Knife Fight. They provide DFS games with no salary caps, so if you correctly predict the outcome, you are guaranteed to win. 
and there are no sharks over at Monkey Knife Fight. No professionals that are going to prevent you from claiming your prize. At Monkey Knife Fight, you will not get algorithmed, as they talk about in the industry, by the top 1% who dominate other fantasy sites. Check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match and your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership only at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Matt, I interrupt your twofer here. You took Evan Ingram to end round one. Who do you got to begin round two? Yeah, I feel like this is a pick that may may get made fun of a little bit too, but uh, he's he's... <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it might be it might be completely wrong, but in fact, if we're gonna since we since we we have recently started to fact in future into our uh, into our whatever we want to call it our, our our strategies here, I feel like this pick is for me. It has to be Kareem Hunt. He's been a running back one as a rookie. Uh, he missed some time as a sophomore, but was still an absolutely a running back one when he was on the field. Missed eight games, obviously, for suspension in 2019 with on his new team with Cleveland. But when he came back, he stole a significant target share away from Nick Chubb, and I think he's going to probably do the same again in 2020. And again, we have this is a player that has multiple avenues to fantasy being an elite fantasy asset if Nick Chubb were to go were to miss time whether it's COVID or an injury or whatever we're gonna be we're gonna be ranking again Kareem Hunt as a running back one maybe even a high running back one every single week and and then after 2020 you know he can go somewhere else and resume that ability for uh, that that same kind of role for another team so uh, there's a lot of good options here I think at the running back position of these kind of second tier guys in this class Uh, but for me Hunt offers the best combination of pass performance and potential future performance matt i think you nailed it i I know you said you thought maybe that'll open up open you up to some criticism but he was the next guy on my list i certainly can't can't say anything negative about selecting him you mentioned the second season where he missed a little bit of time and still finished as a running back one when he left the field when he was suspended he was he was I think the number one running back in fantasy football if I'm not mistaken for sure a top guy probably among the top three uh man he was a dynamic player then and appears to be a dynamic player now if he ever gets that role back he could immediately jump up to the top of those running back ranks so I don't mind that pick at all yeah, I actually had him ranked a little lower. Matt Matt kind of convinced me though, and and looking at the at just the fantasy production so far in his career, six hundred and twenty seven fantasy points in a PPR league. That's fifth most in this class, despite uh, those missed games at the end of both his what second season and and his third season, both the uh, being released and the suspension. Um, you know, maybe you factor in the the worry or the concern if there is any for you know an incident like that happening again certainly hope that would never happen but um you know maybe off field is a little bit of a concern for him but just based on what he's done on the field I mean he's outscored uh he's outscored Joe Mixon he's outscored Leonard Fournette he's outscored (laughs) my guy Juju uh despite missing uh, a big chunk of both of those seasons 13 games 13 games yeah. missed. Hopefully no more for Kareem. So basically he's he's missed nearly a full season and is top 5 in this class. Same same story with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the fourth highest scorer in this class uh even though he sat out as a rookie. Maybe that should point to the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs more than anything. So productive. Just keep investing in those guys. If, if you haven't learned that lesson already, uh, hopefully it doesn't take this exercise to point it out for you. Uh, Unless it's I'm Sammy Watkins, the... huh, Dan? <laughs> Ouch. Painful. Uh, I'm up with the 14th overall pick, the 202, and I'm going to take the guy that I think you were alluding to there, the chicken we're all playing, Matt. I'm going to take Leonard Fournette. Thank God. And it's really based on on the production that he's had to this point. We all like to look down on, on any dynasty owner, really, that has Fournette on his roster. He's not really a tradable asset. You're not going to get what his ADP even suggests if you have him on your team. But he was the number two pick in most... Uh, rookie drafts back in 2017 and really hasn't disappointed on that 
There was his second season, of course. He was off the field a little bit. Uh, finished as a running back four at 41 overall at the position, but sandwiched outside of that second season. Two running back one finishes, number 10 running back in his rookie season and last year, largely due to the volume that he got as a pass catcher that nobody really expects to get for him to get going forward. He finished as the running back seven. Uh, While you can can say, while projecting him going forward, it doesn't look that bright. We we shouldn't expect these running back one type finishes. Having two running back one finishes under your belt already, if we were flashing back, uh, got in that time machine and went back to that, got that production over those first three years, seems like a value at 14 overall. So I'll take Leonard Fournette and keep you guys, I guess, from, from having to take him. Appreciate it. I like it. I definitely would have taken him with one of these two picks here. Um, yeah, the, the production is there, and uh, even though they, they tried to trade him uh, during the NFL draft, they, they found no takers. So we're, I think we're going to get at least another season of, of uh, a, a huge workload for Fournette. That he doesn't really have anybody to challenge him there. Um, possibly gone, you know, after the 2020 season. But for now, it, it's going to be another year of kind of running it back, I think. Um, I had one player ranked ahead of Fournette, so I'll take him here. It's Austin Eckler. Of course, he was not on the radar at all uh, back in 2017, uh, either for fantasy players or or really for the NFL. He was an undrafted free agent and obviously undrafted in uh, rookie drafts as well. But he's produced and and really produced almost immediately, Uh, even playing behind Melvin Gordon as a rookie. uh, He kind of flashed RB43 overall uh, with with relatively limited work, RB25, and then uh, really took advantage with Melvin Gordon holding out last year and ended up as the RB4. Uh, The Chargers committed to him, gave him that new contract, let Melvin Gordon walk. Um, they, they've, they've got some other competition there for Eckler. So he's, we all know he's not the type to, to be that every down back, but he, he is a playmaker, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, and again, to get him in the second round feels like a nice value. Honestly, I was really hoping Ryan, that he would be an oversight and, and slide down drafts just like he did. And when he went undrafted in the NFL draft in 17, uh, I had him right there with Fournette. Um, a good pick for sure. You're on the clock again at 16 overall. There, there's a there's a handful of really quality players still left. A lot of running backs, of course. Which is going to be your choice? Yeah, there there are a lot of quality options left. Most of them running backs. I think the next uh, the next four or five guys on my list of, it's still available are running backs. Uh, only one of them has given us an RB two overall season though. That's Aaron Jones. I'll take him. Uh, steal him away from you two Packer fans. I, I guess the future is a little bit, uh, you know, uncertain when it comes to Jones, thanks to the addition of, of A.J. Dillon and, and really just the the lack of, uh, I don't know, lack of confidence. Maybe you guys know better than I do as as Packers fans, but they, they haven't seemed uh, willing to really ride him and, and give him the ball uh, as much as uh, as much as we would like to see. But again, second round, he was RB2 overall last year, uh, thanks to uh, a ton of touchdowns, led the league in touchdowns or, or tied for the league lead in touchdowns. Th- those are going to drop. Those are going to fall off for sure, especially with Dylan there and, and just variants. But uh, again, starting running back, second round, I'll go Aaron Jones here. Yeah, I like that pick. He was the obvious choice in my opinion for the 16th spot uh and and we all saw the upside really the ceiling i would say from aaron jones last season uh while there are some some red flags or reasons to be worried about his future going forward he still projects as the main guy in that backfield in 2020 as long as we have that season i think his projection or or production here will warrant him being that that chosen right there uh, I'm on the clock at the 205, and there are a couple running backs, actually a few running backs worth considering. I'm going to take Chris Carson, though, um, another guy that was really overlooked by most of us in the Dynasty community back 
in the uh, in draft season in 2017. He was drafted really late in the seventh round. Uh, did not show up in our ADP back 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 in 2017. Uh, he, so he jumps up big time to the middle of the second round. Lots of produ- production production, excuse me, from Chris Carson early in his career, but it didn't happen as a rookie. He didn't get that opportunity right away. Ended up as running back 85. Uh, after that. Fringe running back one production in his second year ended uh, in PPR leagues as the running back 14, followed by running back 12 last year, despite all those fumble issues. If you remember back to the beginning of last season, there was question marks whether he would hold on to that job after they drafted Rashad Penny in the first first round. Uh, he held that off as long as he can get healthy going into 2020. I think most of us project him as being that number one running back in Seattle. Hopefully he is healthy. I think he fits in right here at the 205 for Chris Carson, and that puts Matt on the clock for a couple of picks in the middle of the second round. So I feel like we're kind of in a little bit of a mini running back tier here, in my opinion, and I'm going to take take two of them. Uh, the first one is going to be, I don't know, I thought the last one was going to be a surprise too, so maybe this one won't be either, but I'm going to take Tariq Cohen here. Uh, we we, we kind of know the story with him. A space player, excellent receiver out of the backfield, has received at least 71 targets in all three of his NFL seasons, really broke out in 2018 uh, with, with 91 targets and, and uh, 71 catches uh and 725 yards five received touchdowns yada yada also received nearly 100 carries that season kind of uh that kind of really elevated his status to a point where i wasn't interested in in terms of his price tag in dynasty leagues uh and he kind of disappointed in, in 2019 unfortunately he actually did receive way more targets than uh not way more targets but you know a, a decent amount more targets than he did in his breakout season 104 targets in 2019 versus 91 in, in 2018 but just didn't have the same level of efficiency wasn't used really use this in quite the same way uh, about half a little bit more than half of the receiving yards uh, and about half of uh, yards per reception for him in 2019 but you know he they didn't really do anything else to ad- to address that position we know that David Montgomery is probably the you know the Jordan Howard role so to speak there uh, but Cohen I think he's going to be somewhere in between that breakout season and last year and we, we like pass pass catching running backs uh, and he's certainly going to be that for the Bears maybe even I would I, I might even put him at third at target and targets uh, assuming uh, Anthony Miller staying healthy there so uh, a, a primary receiver option for the Bears and I think uh, a, a pick here that I'm happy to make next pick uh, Marlon Mack you guys Dan I know that maybe I'm putting words in your mouth I know you don't hate him as much as Ryan does but Marlon Mack <laughs> is going to be my, my my pick here uh, obviously his future is uncertain in Indianapolis which is unfortunate for for him and, and a lot of my shares uh, with the drafting of, of uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, but you know, again, we, it's been it's been oversaid to death. But you know, the the rookies are going may have a hard time ramping up. I think it, it, in this COVID times, and that's probably less true for running backs. Uh, but you know, the coaching staff have come out and said it's going to be a one-two punch. And the the really the silver lining with Mac is that he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after the twenty twenty season, and could hopefully go somewhere and be if not the lead back, uh, you know, a contributor again. So put up a decent um, d- decent stats his first uh, three years. Not used a whole lot his rookie season. Didn't start any games. The second year nearly uh, uh, nearly a thousand yards, nine hundred yards, nine touchdowns, and then last year really kind of you know quote unquote broke out. He hasn't he's had had some injury issues. You know has never played a full season um, uh, in the NFL, but uh, 1,000 yards last year. Uh, and and he, he's, not a, he's not a pass catcher, right? But he did catch the ball more in college, so I think he has the ability. The Colts just have chosen not to use him that way with guys like Naheem Hines around. So uh, Marlon Mack and Tariq Cohen at the turn here for me. Yeah, Matt, you really broke my heart there because I thought Cohen was going to be the guy that slipped out of this tier of running backs. I was I was really hoping he'd be the guy at the 208. I, I thought maybe you'd take the guy I'm now forced to take. I like your two selections, though, Tariq Cohen and Marlon Mack. Uh, that leaves me with James Conner at the 208. Um, really, it speaks for himself. Uh, no production as a rookie if you were able to hold him through that. And not a lot of us as dynasty owners really did that, or or at least we didn't have much for expectations going into his second season. Uh, But really productive, of course, in that second season, ended up as the running back six. Um, Fell off a little bit last year at the running back 34. And I know on the podcast here, we've talked a lot about his 
inavail- unavailability and how that has really torched his value in dynasty leagues and really fantasy leagues in general. It felt like regularly last year he was in the starting lineup, regular, re- ready to play, and then would either not get any carries or get hurt early in a game and, and really submarine any chances you had uh, of getting any production out of James Connors. With that all said, though, that running back six season, he was electrifying for the Steelers. Uh, really got a lot of done for dynasty owners and, and seems like a value, even that production in a nutshell. Going forward, it looks like he should get at least the first opportunity at being the guy once again and, and the chance at being a lead runner and maybe even a focused on running that runner uh, in a backfield like they have in, in Pittsburgh along with that offense. That feels pretty valuable. He's the obvious pick for me at 208. He, he feels maybe, it feels weird to say, but he kind of feels like he's a little bit undervalued right now, to be honest with you, at least in terms of what he's going to do in 2020, assuming there's going to be a season. I know they drafted McFarlane and everything, but it seems pretty clear to me that he's going to be the guy this year as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, it really does. And and McFarlane, there's a lot, a lot of things to like about McFarlane. But he's not a lead back no. either. He's not the guy that's going to carry the mail uh, down in and down out. And Connor really projects as the only guy that can do that. Yeah, uh, we're really nitpicking here. But I, I had Connor ranked ahead of Mac. I mean, we've seen. I think the upside. We've already seen the upside of both of these guys. I think, and and Connor's upside was higher. And I, I think you could argue their their future is. Uh, is probably similar. I mean, obviously they're they're both trending down when it comes to dynasty, but I do think Connor has at least a, a better chance at at holding that starting job throughout the season. So uh, that's you know that's kind of how I viewed those two guys. This is where it gets interesting, though, Ryan. There, there. It feels like there's one guy that that could maybe fit in as the easy pick, and then we're all going to have some tough decisions with our final pick. Right, right. I, I agree with that. And uh, just one more thing on, on James Conner, uh, kind of a peek behind the curtains here. My, um, We have this document that we're all looking at that we're sharing here with some uh, some numbers, some data on all of these players. And before the show, my wife was helping me put this document together. I was reading her some numbers. She was plugging them in. And we get to James Conner, his fantasy finishes for his career and, and uh, his – his first year, as <laughs> as Matt mentioned, uh, not very good, uh, one thirteen, and then his second year jumps to six, and she's that might be a record. She's, she's you know she's not a huge football fan, but she's she's with it enough to to realize that's a, a pretty impressive jump. And she says, so I say one thirteen six thirty four, and she said, she said she was that's right. crazy. She said it was like he wasn't good, and then somebody just went away. And then everybody figured out that he wasn't that good. And I said, that's, that's exactly what happened. Le'Veon Bell went away. Well done, and, Aaron. And then last year, everybody figured out that he's definitely he's okay. nicer he's to look bad. at. Anyway. So she, she, uh, she nailed it. She'll be taking my spot starting next week on the, on the DLF. Dynasty Welcome to the show. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, that's not very, not very close. Um, 21 overall this is what the two uh 209 i think i'll take mike williams uh i I assume that's who dan was referring to as the easy pick of what's left seventh overall pick in the uh in the nfl draft that year he was a top six pick in rookie drafts and and really just hasn't lived up to that hype uh and not even close missed uh missed a chunk of his rookie year still still uh kind of recovering from that that terrible injury he had in college uh barely barely did anything as a rookie wide receiver 33 in his second year uh, on the back of uh 10 touchdowns and then dropped a little bit last year or yeah last year two wide receiver 41 so just hasn't met expectations yet um clearly the second fiddle maybe even third or fourth in that offense when you factor in Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. Um, so it, it, it's hard to see upside, honestly, with Mike Williams, but that's kind of the best of what's left. And really it just it, looking at his name here at the top of the draft list makes me think 2017 is what a lot of us refer to as the best 
NFL draft, the best fantasy draft of of all time, or at least of kind of this internet dynasty era. And it starts with Mitch Trubisky, Leonard Fournette, Corey Davis, Mike Williams. Uh, we get Christian McCaffrey in there, and and then John Ross. So uh, all all of those guys were top nine picks in the NFL draft, uh, and. Uh, three of them have been major bust and then a couple others are questionable. So it, it really says a lot about the depth of this class that draft capital is all that matters though, right guys? It's produced uh, so many high quality <laughs> players. Uh, we, we call it the best of all time and it started out pretty rough. <laughs> if this class proves anything, it's probably not that point. Uh, you kind of sniped me there with Mike Williams. I was hoping you'd go a different way, Ryan. Uh, but you, but you nailed it. You got one last pick. <laughs> Nobody, no, no it, one's it's left. probably a pretty difficult one. They're all gone. Yeah, that's it. It is. Um, there's there's no one left that uh, <laughs> that, that I'm. No, that's good. There's no uh, one left. <laughs> this is it. That's at the end of the show. Actually, <laughs> um. There's there's no one left that stands out above uh, above the rest. I think there's a handful of guys. Uh, it, somehow most of them are tight ends uh, that that I'm I'm kind of interested in. Since we started the show nice. by saying we are considering, yeah, got me too. Uh, the future and and that looking for players that tr- that are trending up. I'm going to take one that is trending up. I'll take Johnny Smith. Oh, brutal! Uh, <laughs> you double got me. He, <laughs> He was a top 100 pick in the NFL draft. Basically, um, you know, while we were spending our time debating OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, and David Njoku, um, of course, George Kittle is, has overtaken all of them as the top guy. But Johnny Smith is is in the mix as well, uh, and and he's just been uh, steadily improving. Tight end 47, tight end 34, tight end 20. Now Delaney Walker is is finally out of his way. I, I kind of feel like it's a, a Hunter Henry situation that we had, um, or he had Antonio Gates in front of him for so long. It just felt like he'd never go away. Uh, but he, he ultimately did, and, and now Delaney Walker has as well. So Johnny Smith will be the starter there. Uh, still very young, uh, even, even for this class. Uh, so I'll make Johnny Smith the tight end uh, or the uh, 22nd overall pick. Yeah, a nice pick for sure. I thought he was the guy that was going to get to me. Uh, that that makes me pivot to another tight end, Ryan. And it it's weird that it doesn't feel nearly as good to take him. I'm going to take David Njoku. Uh, tight end 24 as a rookie. A nice finish as his, in his second season at tight end 9. And then, of course, disappeared off the map in year 3. And this is another thing. Like you said with Smith. Smith projects forward. Maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel and some production coming dynasty owner's way. We're, we're really hoping for a trade some way out of Cleveland for Njoku. He still profiles as that athletic tight end that can push the seam in the middle of the field, make big plays, and still be that, that threat in the red zone. I think if he gets another chance, there might be a little bit of an uptick in his dynasty upside. So while I'm not excited about any taking anybody really here at 23 and their prospects moving forward. Uh, and, and, and honestly, not necessarily about Njoku either. I guess he'll be my pick here at 23. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways to go here. <laughs> Ringing and none of them are super great. Matt, there's, and there's, a few, you, there's actually uh, a couple of players Mr. that I, I like better than the player I'm going to select. Uh, um, you know, I like Curtis Samuel. I like, uh, OJ Howard, even though he hasn't really done much, he was, you know, when we were, I remember, I remember these discussions in 2017 when we were talking about these, <laughs> these, these three tight ends at the top, and then none of them really ended up being the, the best of the bunch, right? It was it's obviously Kittle. Um, but I'm going to take the, it wasn't my number one in the class, but he was the consensus number one rookie in the class. Corey Davis obviously has fallen off a, a ridiculous amount uh, after the 2019 season. Uh, fantasy season ended he has just nosedived all the way down to currently at wide receiver 66 
158th player off the board, just completely forgotten about. And I mean, it's not certainly not unwarranted. Uh, maybe he needs a second team uh, to, 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 I don't, I don't know what else they're going to do, do with him. I mean, he suffered through a lot of bad teams in his earlier in his career. And now AJ Brown is, you know, completely taken over that role. And honestly, John Smith is, might be ahead of him in the pecking order in 2020. Right. So uh, not an exciting pick, but he's so cheap right now. I mean, I, 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 I feel like throwing a pick at him in the startup in a startup situation is not the worst idea, especially as wide receiver 66 over Overall, there's nothing but upward ro- upward ability for him unless he's just going to completely disappear, which uh, I-, I just don't think is going to happen. So maybe he never gets back or probably never gets back to our lofty expectations of what he was going to do coming out, uh, fifth overall pick in the 2017 NFL draft. But uh, I-, I think there's probably still something there. We all remember how talented he was and, and some of those playoff games that he had. Uh, so uh, I-, I wouldn't say I'm excited about him. But uh, I think he's he's probably better than wide receiver 66 in Dynasty. I got to admit, guys, I totally botched it. The the whole rookie mistake in a live draft where you write out your order, and I got too crazy with the scribbler, and I accidentally scribbled out O.J. Howard instead of along with another player and he was higher than Njoku on my list. So I should have taken O.J. Howard. You can just have them both. Oh, thanks. I guess I'll take him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and not get any projection at all. There were a few other players. Ryan, you mentioned Mitch Trubisky. He was a high pick in the NFL draft. John Ross, you mentioned as well. O.J. Howard. Zay Jones is a guy that didn't go in the first two rounds of our exercise. Matt, you mentioned Curtis Samuel. Also, Gerald Everett, who still has a little bit of upside. Dede Westbrook has had some, at least... Fantasy relevant finishes, Jamal Williams with the Packers, Matt Breda, Blake Jarwin has a little bit of upside, and then Taysom Hill as well. Those are the guys that kind of ended up on all of our lists, really. Before we get out of here, let's talk about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. If you're looking for a new challenge, which is why you're probably playing Dynasty Fantasy Football, check out Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football. They unite fun and excitement. And uh, they unite it with skill and strategy, the, the skill and strategy of a front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Leagues are forming right now. That's DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky if you're like me and you you know that you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Everybody, go li- go check out DynastyOwner.com slash DLF and validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Guys, did you did you learn anything about this 2017 class round? Uh, I learned, or, or at least I was reminded just how much better it really is than, <laughs> than 2016. I've got my notes here from last week. We... We took Jordan Howard at nine overall uh, last week. We took Joe Mixon at nine overall this time. So uh, it's just, yeah, really, really close. Same thing, um, right? No, I mean this is the the depth of this class is is amazing. It's it's what we hope. You know, we we ultimately get from this current class that we're we're dealing with, um, but we we may not see this type of of group and because it was it was all positions. You know, we we saw that strong 2014 wide receiver class but i mean this this class has given us uh two you know two top five uh quarterbacks it's given us uh a, what two or three top top 10 top 12 wide receivers uh all the running backs basically all, almost all the running backs that are in the top 10 right now came from this class uh, and then george kittle as well so uh it, it's hard to find any flaws with this group as a whole no, same thing. You know, sometimes uh, when you rebuild and you go all in in a class, it works out. And then whoever did that for 2017, uh, that that worked out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, as I know a lot of a lot of people did the same thing for 2020. So it'll be interesting to see how that class plays out as well. Maybe in you know three years, we'll be talking about that class like we were the 2017 class. And the 2017 classes, if we do this exercise, you know, three years in the future, might be looking like the 20, 2013 class, right? Um, so it'll be. I, I can't wait to see how the 2020 class plays out and. 
it, hopefully you have had a lot of picks in that in that class, just like we all did in 2017, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. For me, it was it wasn't just the the greatness at the top and all the guys you mentioned there. It's the depth. It it's just nuts. The guys like Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones and Chris Carson and Marlon Mack and James Conner. They were all we joked about the last few picks in this draft. But we were picking really good players that have carried dynasty franchises and we're still looking at for production going forward in the mid second round and and that's that just doesn't happen regularly uh if we all could just flash back to then and just take the guys that weren't drafted in our rookie classes and and take the best of those we probably ended up with a pretty good draft class uh we're gonna do this again next week guys except we're gonna flash back to 2018 uh lots of good players of course to talk about in that one as well for ryan and matt I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Are you talking, Matt? We would prefer if you talk. (laughs) That's the first time anyone's ever said that to me, Dan. (laughs) 